Yo, yo, yo! Let's go! Uh, uh, uh! It's the Great Debate Show! Guess what? If anybody knows what this is, if anybody remembers this, this old jam from 1998, Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Not Life, featuring Too Short, out of the Bay Area. I'm playing this for a reason because there's something that Too Short from the Bay Area says in this song, in a hook, that I think somebody else in the Bay Area right now can relate to. It was all good just a week ago. For the 49ers, they probably said it was all good three weeks ago. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We back. Better than ever, baby. We in the building. How y'all feeling, guys? Just let it out. We're just gonna get to it, dog. <laughs> we good though. Right. Got some Halloween candy. Uh, the people at home don't see it, but I just I just had some wings. I learned how to record in, in HD. We good. We good. We good. All right. Well, we're the only, we're the only one who lost, lost team in the league, so I just wanted y'all to see this right quick. We see it. We see it, Nick. Congrats. You got it. So, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Doing fantastic. Hey, it's so much to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. But I just wanted to start off by saying, I'm sure 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, should be saying, it was all good just three weeks ago. And now here we are, coming into a bye. The 49ers very, very much needed this bye. Three losses in a row, though. Before we get into anything else on what happened, three losses in a row by the San Francisco 49ers. Damn. Like, what the hell is going on here? Why is San Francisco looking like they're no longer contenders? They're looking like pretenders. Let's be honest. And I have to say that if the 49ers cannot win a game without one player or two that are out, they're not legitimate. They're not a real legitimate team. And I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not calling them pretenders. I'm saying as of right now, they look like pretenders. As good as this team was supposed to be on paper, people kept telling me, Jarvis, this team is going to be fine. You're overthinking it. We're this. We're that. Yet I told people through the entire training camp, the entire training camp, um... This could all blow up in Kyle Shanahan's face if he didn't get it right. If Brock Purdy isn't truly the real deal, like he said, right out there shipping Trey Lance to Dallas, he's in trouble. He should be fired for giving up all the picks that he gave up just to throw it all away and say, yep, we give up, we lost, we were wrong about you. Get out of here. Get. Sam Darnold was supposed to be the insurance, I guess. 
And now here we go with Brock Purdy. But now after three straight losses, a lot of people are pointing fingers, guys. I'm going to get into what you all think about it and ask you guys what you see. What do you think? In a minute, some people think that, hey, Niners just need to get healthy. But I have a problem with that, even if that's the only reason why we've lost three straight. I said we were top heavy. Nobody listened. I said if one or two people get injured, we're screwed. Nobody listened. People just said, ah, calm down, relax, Jay. You're really overthinking this. The right side of the offensive line still doesn't look good. The left side of the defensive line doesn't look good because Trent Williams has been out. And Debo, a gadget player, let's be honest, a wide back, not a wide receiver. Uh, is he really that important? Mostly a decoy at times because he doesn't quite do the things that he normally used to do because, well, they key in on it so much. But the part that, you know, the fact remains that because he's not there, it just takes away one less thing for the defensive coordinator to figure out. With the 49ers and their schemes and their motions and yada, 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 he's not there. Hey, let's just go right at him. B.A. can get his five, six, seven catches. He can get his 100 yards or so, but eh, that's not going to be quite enough. <sighs> Brock Purdy's not getting protected. Where can I start? I mean, I could go on and on all night, but we don't have that much time to just tell, for me to just go through everything in depth, break it down, the whole terminology on why the 49ers have lost three straight games. But I will say this. Yes, the defense has been bad. Yes, Steve Wilkes has been bad. He could be better. I'm starting to see why he's bouncing around from team to team his entire career. But I guess because of the fact that you know, the Cardinals hired him for one year, and he and Josh Rosen got the boot after one year. I guess I've been kind of like giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I will say this. As bad as the defense has been, let's not act like the 49ers offense hasn't put up only 17 points three weeks in a row in these losses. Whose fault is that? Don't put everything on Steve Wilkes, damn it. Kyle Shanahan, you could do better. Then somebody said to Kyle, Hey, do you think Steve Wilkes leaving the booth and stepping down to the sideline for your game in Jacksonville after the bye week would help? Shanahan said that's something me and Steve will talk about. If he thinks that'll help him, we'll do it. So somebody should have asked next. The next question should have been, Kyle, are you going to go up in the booth so you can see the field better? Because it's obviously you don't know what the hell you're doing on the sideline. Somebody should have asked him that while he's, you know, kind of sneaky throwing his defensive coordinator under the bus. Don't hold yourself. They got a devil Swinney answer out of Shanahan for that one. There you go. Don't, don't, you know, don't hold yourself accountable, Kyle. Don't do nothing. Fine. We get it. But look, man, if you really want the answer as to why the Niners have lost three straight, everybody's to blame. Not just one person, not just Brock Purdy, not just Steve Wilkes, not just the defense, not just everybody. And it boils down to the head of the table. And that's Kyle Shanahan, the guy who is the head coach, and we all know slash general manager, the guy who game plans, the guy who calls the plays on offense. You're responsible for this just as much as anyone else. Why is that? Because not only are you responsible for the offense and the quarterback who's the real deal, you hire Steve Wilkes. And everybody that's complaining about the Y9, we've been running that shit for the past three years. And Kyle, you told Steve Wilkes to do that. It was a must that he agreed to do that to take the job. But you would much rather him do what you say than to hire Vic Fangio where he's going to switch everything up. 
This is all on you, Kyle. It's all on you. Ever since I said Brock Purdy was our quarterback, he is the franchise. I surrender. I bow down. We ain't won a game yet. This is what I was afraid of, ladies and gentlemen. Am I feeling a bit vindicated right now? A little bit. But I'm not saying I was right about Purdy. I'm just saying that he still has to be better. Do we need to go to Sam Darnold? Hell no. Fuck no. Not yet. But if this continues to go on, yeah, something has to change. My only problem is that I still see good things with Purdy, so I have to take the good with the bad. But the bad is pretty damn bad. Two interceptions on back-to-back -back passes? It's uncalled for. It's not acceptable. We have to start seeing about Purdy for what he is, though. He is limited, as I said. Defenses are starting to know. They're, they have the film on him now. It's been more than seven games. And we have to realize that, man, Brock Purdy is who he is. And, like, y'all overreacted maybe once again. Five good games with Garoppolo. There was that erection that Kyle got, guys. And he said, hey, we've got to sign Garoppolo to a big deal. How did that work out? Five years later, he's gone. Still no chip. Seven games, Brock Purdy does good. And he got his elbow injured. No problem. Cal still got that erection and said, he's our guy after seven games. Now, here we are after 10 straight wins where it was nothing but peaches and cream. There's three straight losses. Guys, the defense is bad. The interior run defense is bad. The offensive line is bad. The running game is bad because of that. I said this before and I'll say it again. It seems to me this offensive genius that Cal Shanahan is how is it that when you take away the run game, he seems like he's lost? Like he's done with the poker game, and he pulls his cards in and says, I fold. When the run is stopped. I, I think off top, the disrespect of Debo Samuel is wild. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Disrespect? How so? I'm not saying he's not important. He's very important, as we can see. However, you can't lose one guy like that and just be like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. If you're so, if you're such a genius. So there's, there's not only that, there's also the loss of Trent Williams. I've I mean, said that. You lose the, the blindside protector, the, the one, the, you know, as bad as the offensive line is, the one guy you can count on to say, okay, that guy's not giving up a sack. That guy's going to move his guy. We run, run behind him. When he's not there, that, that matters. I mean, as an Eagles fan with, with Lane Johnson on one end, I understand that. Now, obviously, we, we're certainly much better across the rest of the line than you guys are. Um, but there's a noticeable difference in what our and what our offense can do when we do and don't have Lane Johnson. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if we were to be without Lane Johnson and AJ Brown, or uh, you know, I guess our second best would be Lane Johnson and, and Devontae Smith. You know, how much worse would our offense look? Um, you, you know, and so I honestly, I'm still in the same place I've been with the 49ers. I still feel like they're probably the second best team in the NFC. Um, they still the, the holes that they have are still going to be ones that are going to be critical, um, you know, against a team like us, quite frankly. Um, but past that, you know, I don't see many other teams in the NFC that uh, really should scare me when it comes to them as long as they're healthy. And I, I think that long as they're healthy part applies for basically any team in the league, um, particularly to take away their best offensive lineman and, and, you know, their best or second, probably second best offensive weapon, obviously, other than Christian McCaffrey. So um, I understand as a fan, as a fan of the team, it's a little easier to be harder on your guys and want to see more out of them, but take a chill pill, bro. It's going to be all right. 
Uh, Nick, if you yeah, tell me if you tell me your left tackle or whoever you think your best tackle is is out, and then if you tell me that one of your not AJ Brown because he's a wide receiver, I don't know any gadget player that you have that is still very important to your offense. Here's the thing: like, like you say gadget player about him as if as if he's a smart like, like saying he's a gadget player, but then also saying you you recognize he's important, kind of contradicts each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, Debo Samuel is the second best offensive player on your team. Take the offensive weapon on your team. I disagree, uh, but I... I, 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 I Trent Williams is better than Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey is better than Debo Samuel. That's it on your offense. But your, your second best offensive weapon is Debo Samuel. So, I, if, we were, if we were short DeAndre Swift or short Devontae Smith um, and Lane Johnson... Yeah, I'd be a little concerned. Again, at least at least against decent to good teams, I'd be a little concerned about what that does to the dynamic of offense. I think that's true of anybody. If if Patrick Mahomes was without, I don't even know who his offensive linemen are, but if he was without one of them, and Lord forbid he'd be short a weapon because uh, they ain't got much other than Travis Kelsey. If they were short him, and you see what they've been what's been going on without McCole Hardman, that's why they had to go bring him back. Makes a difference. Um, and so you know, I understand why you hard on them, but it's gonna be all right. Yeah, I mean, listen, all of that is true. I I, I can see uh, from both both points of view. But I think one thing that we also have to realize is that, uh, like Jarvis said, they're going to score 17 points. And a lot of this, the dialogue has been about Purdy. Uh, And, you know, earlier in the year, I said that Purdy was handed a Ferrari. And, you know, when that Ferrari is running on all cylinders and all it's got to do is get in the car and hold the wheel and just keep it in the road. He looks great. But when he's got to actually make driving decisions without their GPS <laughs> and, and and maybe a couple of bad tires here or there, uh, Purdy doesn't look so good. And I think the problem is that Purdy just can't actually go out and win games right now. He'll get better. I'm not I'm not clowning him. Uh, he'll get better. But right now, if it's a situation where Purdy has to go out and win the game, the other team is in good shape. Uh, but he'll get better with that with time, I'm sure. And, you know, I think that's that's just one of the one of the issues. The other issue is health. I mean, it's, 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 it's an obvious issue. It's, it's health. Uh, but come the end of the season, they'll be fine. They'll, none of these injuries are season-ending injuries. I don't have any faith in the Seahawks to keep up with their pace. They'll be okay. Every- Honestly, I might have lost to the Bengals even if y'all were healthy. They're catching fire right now. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. Now, now, now I don't think the problem is that the problem is that this could very well end up being four straight. And honestly, there will be no shame in, lo- in losing to Jacksonville and losing to Cincinnati in back-to-back games. You know? Well, the no shame, shame. The shame. Are you, are you, are you going to have Trent Williams back? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, by, by, by either of them, Trent or Debo? I'm not sure. Oh, well, Debo is expected to be back after the bye. But again, it's a um, some type of fracture in the shoulder, so I'm not sure will he really be back. But he definitely um, the the word would he would miss at least two games. He's already missed those two, so you know that'll be the word. That'll be the storyline of the week when they come back from the bye. Is Debo coming back? Is Trent coming back? And I know it's supposed to be okay. Well, everybody's back. They're healthy now. Everything's all fine and cool. But somebody else can go down also. And I guess you guys are telling me, well, if it's not Trent and if it's not Debo and if it's not Christian McCaffrey. All as well. You may be right, but what if that's not the case? I've been saying for months since August 
Hey, let's get some death. Hey, Kyle, I can't believe you. Uh, now the fine day at the office. How you doing, Kyle? Oh, doing fine. How's that offensive line? It's fine. Oh, you, no, it's not. Are you sure? You're not going to address this offensive line at all? And I always would complain about, hey, it's another day and Nick Bosa hadn't signed and the offensive line still sucks. I would say that literally before every episode, damn near, as training camp opened because I couldn't believe that that man went the entire offseason without really addressing the offensive line. And he did not. And the trenches is how you win the game. In the trenches. The O-line and the D-line is not at its best right now. And that offensive line, I've always said, is Trent Williams and everybody else. Okay? Why am I lying yet? At some point, you have to hold the head coach accountable for it being still just Trent Williams and everybody else. And that has a lot to do with Brock Purdy's struggles. That has a lot to do with Christian McCaffrey and the rushing game struggles. Brock Purdy had 57 rushing yards, which I am impressed because he is doing things that other 49er quarterbacks hadn't done as of recent years. Hey, I'm taking off. I'm going to scramble. You're going to give it to me? Okay, bet. That's man coverage. I'm gone. But he shouldn't be the leading rusher. For the 49ers. And he was on Sunday with 57 yards. I will agree with you guys about the Bengals. We, sh we definitely should have lost. We probably would have lost either way to the Bengals. Maybe, maybe not. But from what I could see, Jalen Moore, the backup left tackle for Trent Williams, he did all right. He held his own for the most part. But that Hendrickson dude, or whatever his name is for Cincinnati, started to get the best of him as the game progressed. It seems like the Bengals' defense seems to get better as the game goes along. Tony Romo kept saying it. And every time he said it, that's when they would do something. Uh, every time Romo says something, they do it the next damn play. Uh, what, a, what a coincidence. He's just so good, I guess. He's so brilliant. But that's neither here nor there. Look, I can't go the whole episode talking about the Niners. But again... Yes, the defense has been suspect because the corners are playing too soft. They need to just clamp down, press, press a little bit. Uh, they, they need to man up and do better than what they've been doing. Tighten up in the secondary. The D-line needs to tighten up inside. Uh, the run defense is pretty bad in the middle. Hargrave is getting double teamed. Armstead isn't winning all of his one-on-ones. And Nick Bo says, well, I shouldn't have to say anything. He's, he, he has not been what you would expect. Uh, people keep telling me that he was going to be in shape because that's Nick Bosa because of the, you know, the training camp holdout. And then he came and then he didn't do much. And then people said, well, he's got to get in football shape. You told me he was already going to be in football shape. Now, you can't even say that anymore because half the season is already gone. And now you're just saying, well, he's going to get it going. And the excuses that I'm hearing for Purdy, even though there's a lot of good things I still see from Purdy. But the knucklehead interceptions has to stop. But these are the same interceptions I told you all that I was hearing about in training camp. Oh, no, Jarvis, it's just practice. It's just preseason. It's just against backups. Fuck that. It's still happening now. This ain't training camp. This ain't practice. And he doesn't look that sharp without Debo and Trent Williams. You know who else didn't look good without Debo and Trent Williams? A man named Trey Lance. And damn, man, I hate to bring his name up again, but... Everybody keeps telling me this is why they traded him because right now it would be a huge distraction if he was still in the Niners locker room and Purdy is struggling. That would be a great good distraction though. A very good distraction because you would have somebody maybe competent enough to get this thing done that you could go to if you messed up. But now it's, hey, I, Purdy has to be it. He has to be. Because if he goes to Sam Darnold, that says he has failed. And I mean Kyle. That means Shanahan has failed at this whole quarterback thing yet again. So he's going to 
Like, that's going to be his last result before he goes to Sam Darnold. I'm not saying he should either. I'm just saying that Purdy is going to have to show us that he can overcome adversity. He can win from behind. He can come back. He has a clutch gene, and he has just not. It has been. Jarvis, did the, uh, the, the 49ers beat Jacksonville Sunday? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. But all I know is even if we if we don't. I'm just playing, I'd say yes. If we don't beat Jacksonville, all it does is show that, okay, you may still be a postseason team. You may still get to the playoffs. But if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you ain't beat an AFC team yet. How can you win the Super Bowl? So it is still a little concerning. I'm not, and I am relaxed. Trust me. I, it does, this doesn't really matter to me. What I'm saying is trying to look at this from the way they display it to us and looking at it as if it is really real. This is what I see. The Niners defense has to get better, and the offensive line has to get better, so the run game can get better. And Shanahan is not creative at all when he's got key guys out. And two players, it's not enough for me. I don't give a damn if it is named Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. If you're an offensive genius, you should figure it out. They don't pay me to figure it out, but you should figure it out, Kyle. I've never seen Christian McCaffrey line up out wide or in a slot. While Jordan Mason, who could be in the backfield, or or Elijah Mitchell, what are these running backs at? He's not playing them. He's running McCaffrey in the ground, and he's still got an oblique injury. What the hell? I mean, this is if this isn't Mike Shanahan and Terrell Davis all over again, I don't know what. Stop listening to your fucking dad, Kyle. I'll say it again. Stop being so arrogant and acting like everything is about you. It is not. Your offense sucks. And the reason why Purdy is throwing picks now is because of what Jimmy Garoppolo said when we ran his lips a season ago. Sometimes your plays do fucking suck, man. And that's exactly what we read Garoppolo saying. I know Garoppolo is trash. He's not good with the Raiders. He's not good anywhere. That's Garoppolo. But Purdy is throwing these picks because linebackers, linebackers and defenses have figured out, guys, Shanahan's scheme, the middle of the field, that route that Ayuk is going to run every damn time or that Debo's going to run every time to the middle. Hey, how about you zone out or you just step back? You lurk. You know, like, be there. Bait him. I saw linebackers now beginning to bait Purdy into making that throw before he even makes it. They know he's doing everything off anticipation. That sounds like system quarterback stuff. So, look, guys. Yeah, and Jarvis, that's the problem. The the system is is probably holding him back. Uh, When he's got Debo in there and those those players are designed to go to one place, he ain't got to really make any reads. It's just, hey, I know I got to hike the ball and the ball is going here. If it doesn't go there, then, then hit a check down. And, and the check down is Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, hey, I don't, I don't mind that check down. Uh, yeah. But now when they get behind in games, he's got he's to come out and, and make reads here and there. It's just, a, it's just a total disaster on both ends of the uh, football right now. Uh, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And well, well, let's get into why they'll be fine. Uh, today was the trade deadline. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody, uh, if you're into that. If not, it's okay. Uh, but the, the, there were some trades made, and we're going to go over all of those trades here in a minute here. But the first thing, the biggest one, Niners lost three straight. I wanted to break down why they lost three straight. They made a move today. Um, it wasn't quite the move I was looking for or expecting, but I'm not mad at it. But I will explain to you why. It still may not mean nothing or it may didn't solve a thing. We traded for Chase Young. That's right, defensive end from the Washington Commanders. Sweat got traded. There was rumors that the Niners were going for Sweat. They settled for Chase Young. Uh, Sweat was traded to the Chicago Bears. 
And I think it was for a second round pick. And the Niners didn't want to give up a second round pick, I'm thinking. Because they only gave up three, a third rounder for Chase Young. And that was a comp pick, a compensatory pick. Uh, so the good third comp pick that they gave away, it was really nothing. It's a very low risk, hopefully a high reward if Chase Young can continue to do what he's been doing so far this season. He's got about five sacks. Uh, he's got about uh, eight, 20, 20 something, I think, pass rushes. Uh, or was it 18 and a half pass rushes? He's been playing pretty good, though, coming off that ACL injury last year. It's been a promising year, to say the least. And now that he's a Niner, and he's going to play opposite side of Bosa again for the first time since their Ohio State Buckeye days, this is supposed to be better for the Niners. And I'm not saying it won't be better. It's nothing negative about the move. You definitely made an upgrade. He's better than Cleveland Farrell. He's better than Drake Jackson, second-year pro out of USC, who may be a damn bust. That's another reason why they made this move. And uh, Randy Gregory also got added from Denver. Hey, Adding Chase Young says a few different things, though. It says that, hey, the other guy on the other side is not doing what we expect. And two, well, the guy that we just paid $34 million per is not doing it damn good either. You know, I mean, I don't know how I'm supposed to look at it other than what it is, but it is definitely another added uh, piece. But our problem is this. As much as I like Chase Young, guys, unless he's going to play DT, Unless he's going to pick up about 30, 40 pounds and bulk up a little bit more, he can't play DT. He can't stop the, the run game in the middle. And the interior run defense is the biggest problem. Man, when they called for Randy Gregory, they should have been saying, can we get DJ Jones back? Because that's really what they need, a big stout stud in the interior uh, to help with the run defense that has been so bad. Even quarterbacks are scrambling right up the middle on us. Joe Burrow did it way too many times on Sunday. Chase Young can't do that. Chase Young also can't protect Brock Purdy on the offensive line. Chase Purdy can't cover wide receivers, especially from the nickel corner position, something that we definitely need to be better at. Jimmy Ward is gone to Houston, and I'm starting to miss the fuck out of Jimmy Ward. While we're talking so much about Steve Wilkes, maybe we should realize the 49ers didn't upgrade this past offseason. You know, Isaiah Oliver from the Atlanta Falcons, a free agent acquisition, he ain't better than Jimmy Ward. He's all right in the box, line of scrimmage, he couldn't cover a damn thing on Sunday, and it's been that way for the past three weeks. Um, maybe, just maybe, Javon Hargrave, as good as he is as far as a pass rusher on the interior, maybe he's still not better than some of the people that we used to have in the middle, in peace, in place to close that stuff up. And even when we didn't have it, Salah, D'Amico Ryan, they came up with ways to still make the defense look better. We have better skill players now on paper, and they don't look better. Something's not right there. Chase Young, good move. Does it necessarily solve what we needed? No, it doesn't. It almost looks like we were reaching. However, adding Chase Young definitely helps. It definitely helps the corners a little bit more. Tighten them up. Bring them down and press a little bit more. Don't let the quarterback have the time that they're having. They're getting rid of the ball quick. That's some of the reason why the pass rush has been pretty bad. And um, that's pretty much it. Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, now Chase Young. Because he's definitely going to take most of the snaps now. And, you know, Randy Gregory and Cleveland Farrell, these guys will be people that are rotating in. Chase Young will eventually get most of those snaps, though. This sounds like it's going to be good. But, again, and, he's a, and I think he's a better run stopper. 
than Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson, our second-year pro. But, again, he's still not very good against the run. But we know what he does against the pass rush. So he's a good mixture of both, and uh, it's a good addition. I'm happy for it, but I'm still telling you that I thought an offensive lineman, a guard, like that guy that left Minnesota and just got traded to Jacksonville, that's something that we probably should have done. Would it have sounded as good? Would it have been a bigger a splash? No, it wouldn't have. But the offensive line. We've got a left guard that's out for three weeks to a turf toe. That means when we come back from the bye from Jacksonville, he won't be there. So even if Trent Williams is back, the guard isn't. <sighs> I'll tell you we were top heavy, guys. But I'm done. I think I got it all out. I think I said whatever I needed to say. The Niners are going to be okay. I do believe that. But, man, we went from a team where everybody was saying, are they the best in the league? So now we're asking, are they even a playoff team? We're no longer number one in the NFC or number two. We're a fifth seed right now. Fifth. And that will probably be worse when we come by the time we get back from the bye. Seattle is now number one in the NFC West. And I know it's just one week. But damn. Like a lot of this is on Kyle. Be better. Everybody needs to be better. Everybody. Right on. Well, yeah, Chase Young was obviously probably the biggest name that moved today. Uh, also mentioned Montez Sweat uh, to Chicago, Leonard Williams to Seattle. Um, the aforementioned Ezra Cleveland, uh, officer, officer guard, went to Jacksonville. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was traded to Detroit. I yeah. think that was probably a bigger move than a lot of people realized. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Dobbs to Minnesota to try to keep their very slim playoff hopes alive. Uh, Rasul Douglas to Buffalo. I think is about the last one as far as trade deadline trades go. It wasn't a bad uh, one either. My money, Donald Peoples Jones is probably the most impactful one. Uh, Lions quietly did need a little more help in that wide receiver room. Jameson Williams hasn't turned out to be what uh, quite what they thought he was going to be, uh, at least not to this point. And so uh, Donovan Peoples Jones definitely helps out with that. A little bit surprised the Browns let him go actually. Um, yeah. But you know, it's the NFL. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm just glad that. We get a little action on the trade deadline. Out of out of all the three major sports, the NFL for so long has had the most boring trade deadline. Uh, but I, I I really believe that Jarvis, thanks to you guys, you guys traded for McCaffrey last year, and I think that you know that changed the course of your offense and nothing else. So a lot of teams now can can look at that move and say, hey, we can actually make moves at the deadline. We don't have to just sit still. Uh, <laughs> So I'm glad that there's at least a little bit of action on, on, on the NFL trade deadlines. I will say real quick about Chase Young. Uh, I think sometimes you can trade for luxury because you have a lot of cap space and you're getting this guy practically for, for nothing. If he walks, you get him to get your third-round pick back. Why not kick the tires on it? You get him for it, or a half-a-year rental. Uh, moves like that, man, and I've been consistent with this. I like to see teams just go for it. Uh, even if it is trading for luxury, go for it. Why not? Why would you sit? Why would you sit totally still? Like, you know, my team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, once <laughs> and again, it's not to say that they didn't. And that's not to say that they didn't try to make moves. I'm sure they tried to make some moves. Uh, somebody told me that the, the Titans president or owner or somebody vetoed a trade to send Derrick Henry over. I don't. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't seen any. Uh, official reports. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying they didn't try to make moves, but you know it would have been nice to see somebody come over. Some luxury. I don't think they need anything. You know they have the receivers got to play better, but they don't need anything. But it would have been nice to see somebody come over. Right. 
No doubt. Well, um, so that in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles surprisingly didn't didn't make a move. Uh, I'm sure they made plenty of phone calls, but I guess some people yeah, said there was some rumors on a couple of phone calls. Uh, speaking of trading for luxury, yeah, uh, one of the rumors that I saw is that we were uh, trying to see if the Rams be willing to part with Aaron Donald. Uh, <clears throat> Steve's line is probably the last thing we need, but I'm never going to argue with something that puts that guy on my team. Uh, luxury. Yeah, that would happen. I, I yep. trust me. I'd be perfectly fine with it. Um, also, was a lot of talk about uh, Chicago Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson uh, potentially being on the move. Uh, the Eagles and the Bills, Eagles Bills, and I think the Forty ers were also rumored um, to be in on him, but uh, but no deal did get done. They actually didn't give permission to seek the trade until sometime last night, so they didn't really give him. Uh, I think I saw the report was like sixteen hours. Basically, his agent had to try to. Try to put a trade together, um, and when they would, yeah, that, so. probably just not enough. Probably just not enough time. I will say that I'm disappointed that uh, the Raiders didn't make a move on Devontae Adams. I am. I say that because I want him out of there. That, I feel so bad for that dude. He didn't sign up for that, and I don't know he if y'all watched the game. Monday. Yeah, I don't know if y'all watched the game Monday night, but you know there were two players in particular. One of them, uh, they were the Raiders were on like their own three yard line. And, um, the Lions caught a zero blitz. Devontae broke free. Garoppolo still, in my opinion, had enough time to step into his throw, but he was scared because somebody was coming. And he <laughs> throws the ball way out of bounds. Misses Devontae by 15 yards. Another one, Devontae breaks free on a double move. And I mean, there's, there's nobody in Devontae's face from here to Holly Springs. And Garoppolo missed him. And it's just, it's sad to see that. Real sad to see that. I, I, I wouldn't. Love if, if somebody got him out of there. Garoppolo cost him a solid probably 175 yards and two touchdowns at least uh, in that game. I mean, it was it was just bad uh, to miss the throws the way that he was. But you know, for a guy that's as good as Devontae, uh, you hate to see him in a situation like that, man. Where you know you know you know your team's not competing for anything, and the guy that's supposed to be getting you the ball just simply can't do it. Yeah, it sucks. It really does. But hey, only thing I can say to Devontae Adams and everybody else in with the Raiders organization is, hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> this is what we used to have to deal with all the time with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not a surprise to me. I actually find it quite humorous when I'm watching that and just like, hey, you know, hey, <laughs> good old Jimmy, man. You know, that, 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 but that's how it is. Uh, Cal deserves some credit for being able to work with that for five, six years. I get it. But again, he has to be better on his end to on what he's doing. But yeah. Devontae, I don't feel sorry for him. No, I mean, you, you you didn't have to leave Green Bay, bro. I mean, you you chose to do that. And, and nobody promised him that Derek, Derek Carr was going to be there. So nobody owes him anything. Let him deal with it. I mean, like, y'all say y'all wanted him to move somewhere else, but you really don't mean that. What if he got traded to the freaking uh, Buffalo Bills? What if he ended up going to... Um, I don't know. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, Terrence would love that. Terrence would love that. But what if he had went to the Chiefs, even though I know that wouldn't have happened, same division and all of that. But just what if? That would have been a disgrace to the NFL, to the league, to the entire league. And we might as well stop watching from there. So, hey, look. Sometimes you got to keep it balanced. You know, the, the it's not balanced at all. It would have been a huge shift depending on where he went. So, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad he stayed. You know, um, what the hell? Again, should be a lesson to everybody. Be careful about where you ask to get traded to. You may end up in some of those James Harden situations. And then Devontae Adams pretty Don't much bring is... bring that name up in my presence. Uh, and especially now, especially not 
all in reference to Devontae Adams. That's what that's he's in the same boat as him right now. He come, James Harden, of course, anywhere he goes, it's like, damn, I don't want to be here. But yeah, I mean, look, Devontae. Not in that boat anymore. You asked for the trade. Well, for now. For now. For now. Uh, just like the thing that you sent earlier, Nick, where they said breaking news and <laughs> James Harden asked me for a trade already. Like that's that's like seriously. It may be actually coming up in about a good month or so. Man, but anyway, Devontae, I don't feel sorry for him. He asked to get out of Green Bay. He got out of Green Bay. Now, you don't control where you go next just because, damn, this ain't working out like I thought it was going to work out. No shit. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, but anyway, look. What's, what's up or under or how long before James Harden requests a trade from the Clippers? The over under or what? Months? Uh, number of months? Year, year and a half. Oh hell no! He's not gonna be there that long. Oh he's hell no! The rest of this year, and, and he's a free agent. And he, listen, I don't know if y'all been paying attention, but there were there was. First of all, let me preface by saying everything I hear, I don't believe. Right, like I, but when I hear reports from different sides and they're saying the same thing, then I know that more than likely there's some truth to it. So the first report that I heard was was that Houston had offered him a contract. They were agreed on a contract, let me say that, uh, until James Harden said that, hey, man, it's going to be nice to see me, you know, get winning these scoring titles again in Houston and, and, and you know, and scoring all these points. And, and Yudoka and those, and those guys were like, nah, dog, nah, you ain't doing it here. That's not what we're doing here anymore. So I heard that first. So, okay, all right, sounds truthful, but let me, let me just wait a little bit. So I saw an interview yesterday with Doc Rivers, and he was talking about how, at the beginning of the season, James Harden was playing primarily point guard and being very unselfish. They were the best team in the league for a stretch there. Uh, but then James Harden didn't make the all-star team, and his mentality flipped, and now he wants to start. He tells Doc he wants to come off the bench uh, more so they could shoot more, essentially. And the team never recovered. So James Harden's mind is not in the right place. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, if you ask him how long he's going to be with the Clippers, he'll play there for the rest of this year. But he's going to be trying to seek a payday for some team that he can go out and, and score a lot of points for. Uh, I don't know where he'll end up. He's it, it, clearly not going back to Houston. And, you know, at this point, he's played on so many teams. Nobody really wants that baggage of him trying to come out and score a lot of points because that's just – he wants his old life back. And, uh, you know, it ain't working out quite like he thought it would. Yeah, and that's the most time I want to spend on James Harden. But if anybody didn't know, if you've been yeah, under a rock, too much time. James Harden was traded to the Clippers. He finally got what he wanted. They could have done all of that crap a few months ago, like you were saying earlier today, Terrence. And, uh, yeah, uh, James Harden is a Clipper, whatever. Trying to buy a land over here. Yeah, seriously, because it's the Clippers, and it's like, hey, whatever. Uh, I don't even know if it's a good fit with Russell Westbrook playing the way he's been playing, and he's been a good fit with the Clips, and you add this guy in, inserts him, and he would have been much better probably as the – I think it's a situation where he thinks he can just come off the bench and jack up shots. That's what I think he wants to do. I, I, like, I got no problem with you coming out the bench doing that. Chris Paul looked pretty good the other night coming out, coming out the bench for the Warriors. It's a good look. He's good with the twos. I always say that if, they're gonna, if he's going to be there, maybe they'll try that. That's the better look. Uh, if Harden's winning the year, come off the bench, fine. That's cool. And, you know, when these guys, like they will be out, Paul George, especially Kawhi, 
then you got Harden that you can say, hey, come on in. You got some more minutes here. You know, got some more shots to jack up. Uh, uh, James Harden is number three all time, knowing three-point shots made. He's right behind Steph Curry and Ray Allen, if that means anything to anybody. Um, I know it does to him. <laughs> but anyway, flipping it back to the football real quick. Nick, you ran down some of the trades. The People's Jones trade is sneaky good. Don't forget Seattle also landing, uh, who was that they acquired from the Giants? Leonard Williams from the, from the Giants. Leonard Williams. That was also a very yeah. good sneaky also, move. Yeah, by the Seahawks, where that was a good chess move. And uh, they're number one in the West right now for the moment. And that was a good move for them. They realized, hey, this is our time. We're actually pretty good again. Let's go for this. Let's do something. And that's what this is about. The trade deadline is about everybody trying to get better. Anybody that didn't make a move, I'm sure it was because they couldn't. Because I know Howie Roseman was on the phone. John Lynch, I love his aggressiveness. I do. I'm cool with John Lynch being there another six years, to be honest with you. I don't really got a problem with Lynch. But that damn Kyle Shanahan, man, I don't like him. I'm sick of him. And he still really is a quarterback killer. Seriously. At least I don't. I used to think it was a race thing, but at least I know now he doesn't give a fuck about the race. He'll run Purdy in the ground and get him killed just as much as he would have do RG3. Yes, he doesn't matter. I don't give a damn. RG3, Brock Purdy, I don't care what color. I'll get you killed. And that's what's going to happen if he doesn't protect this guy. And the offensive line, if it was better, you could you could call better plays. You could open the playbook up a little more. The play calling is the way it is, for one, because the line won't hold up as long for anything else other than a slant route. But anyway, I'm not trying to get back on my Niners. Uh, guys. I probably have the same problem. Kyle Shanahan and Nick Bosa don't get along because they don't see things the same way. <laughs> right, right. I had to think about that for a minute. Uh, Nick, you crazy. I think, I, think, I think Terrence is still lost on it. Right, right, right. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so so we've ran, we've ran down the trades, guys. And, uh, you know, I think Chase Young was still the biggest name. The 49ers and the Bengals was the biggest game. Nothing to really break down. We got our asses kicked once again for a third straight week. Guys, I'm done. Like, there's no games that were really that big. The Cowboys won again, and the Cowboys are starting to look like they looked before we beat them down. And, you know, like, this is what we get every other week. Who's the top five now? Who's in your top ten now? Who's the best in the conference now? I'm sure most people still think it's Philly, even though that defense is still suspect. All the points that Washington puts up on them. And, you know, but again, that the fact that the Eagles can still yeah, win. It's just a good matchup. It's just, one, it's just that team that, for whatever reason, I mean, even, I would say almost even more so than the Cowboys who we played this week. Um, it's just like, no matter how bad, like, when the Cowboys are, the Cowboys, I can almost always tell. Like, I'm not really worried about going into this Sunday as a, as a spoiler alert before the show this coming weekend. I'm not really worried about this coming Sunday. Especially the Cowboys just blew the Rams out. So they riding on a high, and all their fans think they did the best thing since sliced bread. I know we're going to beat them. We're probably going to beat them pretty convincingly. Right. But, like, with the commanders, it's one of those you just really never know. Like, you know, I mean, you can go back, you know, some 10 years ago, um, we had the big game against them on Monday night uh, with Michael Vick and Deshaun Jackson and, and that whole crew. Um, 
And so you get some of those sometimes, but like the way they are right now, you just never know. You, you know, they just, they play as tough. Um, and, and they did, they've done that both times this year. Uh, the first game, I believe, went to overtime. And uh, like I said, yep. this one was, yep. was just about just about on the brink of it. You know, fortunately, we were able to hold on The good on thing there. is, you should have to play them again this year. No, that's true. They should not end up in the playoffs. Um, so we should be good as far as that goes. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, watching that game, um, I mean, even the plays that, that led to it being that close, we had two drives that got down to their one or two-yard line and we fumbled the ball. You know, if, if those don't happen, then we're, we're not even having this conversation. The game probably probably gets out of hand and uh, it makes it a little more difficult for them to put up the points that they did. Um, but they – they're just one of those teams. They make the time and plays when they need to, and they keep the game close. Um, so I, I wasn't overly concerned. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel great about you know just you know. I think the spread was a touchdown, which I think we, that ended up as a push uh, this week, basically. Um, so I didn't feel great about the spread going in. I thought it would be a, a relatively close game, and it was. It was no doubt about it. Um, if anybody else cares, it was noted that. Uh, Shanahan was asked by that reporter that I uh, that I follow sometimes from time to time, even though people think he's too negative, he's sometimes too right, and that's I think sometimes people don't like that. But he asked Shanahan after the Bengals game would he consider making a quarterback change. He had to ask because he's not really a big fan of Purdy. But anyway, Kyle Shanahan confirmed that the 49ers won't bench Brock Purdy despite the recent struggles. And again, I'm not saying that he should have, but that's what he said for now. If he continues to do this after the bye, though, with these turnovers, and again, Purdy had no turnovers before these before this three-game losing streak, but since he's thrown five interceptions in these three losses, that's not good. If that continues, something is going to have to change. Um, but guys, the, the trade deadline is over. It's a wrap. Uh, it wasn't that big of a, a trading deadline day like it normally is, but it was still enough things that happened. We had a little action, not quite as much as I would have thought if Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and maybe Patrick Sertan, if the Broncos had a play ball, we could have had a much better day. If the Titans had a play ball with Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, if the Raiders had a play ball with Devontae Adams, it could have been a wild and crazy yeah, day. Uh, all of a sudden, the Titans don't want to trade anybody. Go figure. Yeah, I, I, I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't. I wonder why they didn't, guys. But I'm going to ask you this then since we're on it. Um, and I know what you're probably going to say, but they definitely should have went ahead and I thought they should have done this before the season started. They shouldn't have signed D-Hop. Derrick Henry should have been traded. Tannehill should have been traded June the 2nd. Basically, just being honest. But they said, hey, we're going to roll the dice, and we're going to give it one more shot to see if we can reload instead of rebuild. Tannehill's he's out with the ankle injury. He hadn't looked good at all. Do you think after that one game on Sunday where their rookie, Will Levis, lit it up and threw four touchdowns in his debut, do you think they said, uh, you know what, we're three and four, the, 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 the Jags are good, but what if they go on a losing streak like we did last year and we can come back and do what they did? I don't know. Does that play a part as to why they kept these people? They said Derrick Henry's trade market was ice cold. Maybe they tried and they just couldn't find the right suitor. What's your take on why these guys are still Titans, though? Do you think that has anything I, to do I, with you it? You know what? You know what? I, I, I do believe. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. I, I can actually fill in a little bit of that. So part of the reason that his market was what it was is because 
in order for him to uh, for him to be a more appeasing target, um, the deadline for him to reschedule his con to restructure his contract was yesterday. And so when once that didn't happen, then a lot of teams were out on him because they I think he has another six million dollars left on him for this year. Um, and so a lot of teams weren't weren't trying to pay for it at that price, but they may have have done it if they only had to pick up two and a half million of it for the rest of the year, whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, so that that's that's kind of part of why that happened. Um, past that, it's just because the rest of these teams aren't aren't in the mind like how Ohio Roseman clearly is. Um, so Ohio Roseman, <laughs> you know, put a little pressure on him. That is what we need. Um, as far as uh, and I, I've lost track of the original question. Oh, uh, Will Levis. Yeah, Christ, I, I I wouldn't have bet on that. I tell you that right now. Of Will course not. If anybody put in a bet for Will Levis to throw four touchdowns, hmm. that man has a time machine. Yeah, because I wouldn't have bet on it. Yeah, um, he, he made he, he. I gotta give him credit. He made a couple of throws. I I, I I I would want to watch the rest of the game, um, just to kind of see what the, what the throws that weren't bombs downfield uh, turned out looking like. I think he ended up with something in the neighborhood of two hundred thirty eight yards. And I think 150 of those were on two t- long touchdown passes uh, to, to DeAndre Hopkins. So kind of do with that what you will. Yeah. Um, or three touchdown passes to DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me. Yeah, and three. So, um, and I thought that was an audition. Like, it's credit for doing that, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I hate to call some of the beginner's luck in the NFL at a game that's played at that high of a level, but it may have been just a little bit of that. Uh, I'll see if it's a repeatable performance, but uh, maybe the Titans think it is. There you go, T. You're on me. There my you go. My only counter to that is uh, I don't think that Tannehill makes those throws regardless. <laughs> One day in the league, 10 years in the league, 15 years in the league. Oh, uh, that dude is, is, this is. This is absolutely no catching for Ryan Tannehill whatsoever. Yeah, that, that guy is just a poster board for mediocrity. Uh, and I think that Will Levis, unfortunately, gave the Titans some hope. Uh, I hope the hope works, <laughs> but uh, if it doesn't, I think they missed a golden opportunity to maybe get something for Henry. I know you explained why they probably weren't going to get much, uh, and I'm kind of glad at that also because they spent all offseason devaluing the running back until it's time to trade your running back. Now you need that running back to have some value, and he ain't got it. Nope. Jokes, jokes on you, organization. <clears throat> there you go. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. The fact that they didn't do anything, though, I got common sense, and I use it for the most part, and it tells me that if they didn't make these trades and Will Levis had a good game, he's going to have a few more good ones. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, the next uh, Warren Moon, Steve McNair, or whatever. No, no. Who did you say? The next Rock Party? That's exactly what I was about to say next. That's exactly what I was about to say next. And who knows if he's going to be Purdy or not. Who knows if he's going to be better or worse than Purdy. But these quarterbacks sometimes fool you and they give you these games. And it's like, hey, when there's no tape on you, nobody knows. Now, again, he doesn't have Debo, Kittle, Brandon IU, CMC in the backfield. He didn't have all the talent in, in Nashville. But I'm just saying, D-Hop is still good talent. Derrick Henry is still talented. And um, and that other running back that's getting some 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 snaps now uh, kind of gives them a different a different look, you know, with the with the speed. They got a speedy guy, I think it's Spears or something like that. He's doing all right. They've got a good tight end. They've got a few things going on. It's just 
Tannehill was a quarterback. I think that whether he's purdy or not, he's going to get some wins here. And that means that they'll probably win Thursday night against Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, because it always is a storyline for some of these people. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Will Levis gets a few wins here, whether he's the real deal or not. And he probably won't be. But, you know, like, it'll be something to talk about for the next month or so. I'll be interested to see what happens. If it doesn't, it just shows that Rand Carthon is being a little stubborn like some of those people in San Francisco where you left from. You should have traded these people if nothing good happens for the rest of the way. But we will see. I just wanted to ask you guys that, though, because... Yeah, we really could have had a really crazy wild day, and they would have, they could have really had the internet buzzing had they made some moves also. They had a few players they could have moved. But it was no fire sale in Tennessee. It was no fire sale in Denver. And now here we go. This is where we stand. Uh, Dobbs to Minnesota. I don't think that's a bad move, though. Uh, some people think the Vikings are just reaching. What else could you really do? I mean, Tannehill's got an injury. What are they, what are they supposed to do? People thought that they would have called for Tannehill. But, I mean, like, he's he's hurt right now. I don't know when he can play. Maybe he can't play as soon as people thought because they didn't go get him. Or maybe they feel like Terrence. It's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> we'll, we'll do just fine with what we got over here now. Uh, so, you know. Dobbs is an exponentially better quarterback than Tannehill, in my opinion. Mm. Well, Do- well it, look, now, to, to, to counter that, I must let you know, Terrence, Dobbs, with Dobbs just got benched in Arizona. So that's why he got traded pretty easily, too. They were either going to back, they were going to another backup quarterback, the third string quarterback, if Kyler Murray wasn't ready, or they were going back to Kyler Murray because he may be ready to go. But Dobbs was about to get the boot. So, yeah. But again, I like what I saw from him earlier in the year. I don't know. Maybe he just, it seems like throwing the ball down the field, it seems to be the issue. Um, a few a few limitations that some of these quarterbacks have. And, you know, we have to just understand that if quarterbacks have these limitations and they lose certain weapons like Brock Purdy, you're not going to look perfect anymore because now he's not that point guard is just facilitating the ball to all of his all-stars. When some of those all-stars are out, you realize, oh, this is a seven-round pick. And I'm not bashing Purdy. I'm just saying that, hey, man, when people say things like he's got all these weapons and he's this, he's that, Sometimes it sounds like they're not giving him a credit, but sometimes it's just just realistic. Uh, we'll see how this goes, though, as the season in, as the season progresses. Ladies and gentlemen, the first half of the season is pretty much a wrap. Or do we wait out to week nine? Oh, yeah, probably week nine now because we got like yeah, week nine now. 17, got 17 games, 17 games now. Games. So, yeah, one more week in this, the first half of this season is going to be a wrap. And it's already a wrap for the Niners because they're not playing this coming week. Uh, so Titans Steelers Thursday night Amazon Prime. That sounds like that could be brutal, but maybe Will Levis will give us something to see if he can sling it. He does have a cannon of an arm, but then again, so did Jamarcus Russell. So we'll see how good he is with that cannon. It looked good last Sunday. Thursday night Titans Steelers. This definitely sounds like something that will make my eyes bleed, but I, I hope it's better than what it looks like on paper. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers yeah, offense. I'm not, I'm not. As much as I want Pittsburgh to lose, I'm not taking a rookie quarterback against that defense. I feel you. I feel you. That's the very reason why I think I will take them. Um, just, again, I got common sense. I'm going to try to use them. I think that they're about to do something with the Titans. Not anything major, but they're about to get some wins here. Just like I told you, the Jets would go on a little run because they show you Aaron Rodgers every freaking week on the sideline, bouncing around. I- Throwing the football. I had, for, I, I had a question for you in regards to that. As a chance, I'm glad you said that. 
because it, it was a post I saw a little earlier. Give me just a second. So I can make sure I get it right. And while we wait on you doing 10, that, Nick. The week 10 Sunday night football game was not flexed out before out of before today's deadline. So November 12th, it will be Jets at Raiders. So my question to you is, did they not flex the Jets out of Sunday night because they are going to be a team worth watching because they're going to continue to win games to prompt for Aaron Rodgers' return? You said week 10? Yep. No, that's right around the corner. But, yes, I would answer your question and say yes. That's exactly why. He's not going to come back and play, though, but they want you to definitely think that he has a shot at it because they're going to continue to win some games here. They're not going to make the wild card either. It's too tight in the AFC. The AFC is so much better than the NFC, it doesn't make any sense. We hadn't beat a team in the AFC yet, you know? Uh, the, the Ravens don't lose to NFC teams. Apparently, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are 4-0 against the NFC West. Shit. So, yeah, they'll definitely give you some more wins, though, Nick, to answer your question, in my opinion. What you think, Terrence? I, I think that they are trying to uh, help people with sleep apnea and, and uh, <laughs> all these sleeping issues out here to uh, take a nap. Hmm. Seriously. Well, uh, guys, that's all I got, man. I'm watching. I don't really, I don't really have much to add. I just, I just think that they made a mistake, honestly. Right. Well, guys, I'm watching the Spurs and the Suns right now. The Spurs are getting... Um, clobbered right now by phoenix 45 63 they uh just got underway with the third in the third quarter um when bianna jumped on somebody early then look he jumped from outside the paint yeah he just threw the ball in the in the rim i saw that yeah he's so long he just he just threw it in there bro what are we doing <laughs> yeah right right uh and then i'm also watching the clippers and the magic if anybody thinks the orlando magic are not good think again they're a lot better than what you think. Watch the Orlando Magic when you get a chance. They're kind of exciting to watch. Um, the the Golden right State. Now? Right now, Orlando's in L.A. playing the Clips. Yep. And uh, I saw P.J. Tucker and James Harden a little bit earlier. I said I wasn't going to mention his name again. But I saw him uh, as they entered the arena uh, when they arrived to L.A. Of course, they're not playing tonight. But uh, um, Okay, so I, I don't have much more. I guess I would just say. I would ask you guys something right quick. Let's get a good debate going before we wrap this up. Uh, again, week eight was okay in the NFL. Uh, you know, really not a lot to talk about. Uh, same thing as always. Some teams are up, some teams are down. Uh, because the Niners are losing and the Eagles are, uh, are winning some of these games the way they're winning them. The Cowboys are back at the top of, of the discussion again in the NFC. The Detroit Lions are now becoming a bigger um, topic of discussion now in the NFC. But I want to ask you guys something more important than all of that. It's Halloween. What is the worst candy that you guys, as a kid, all the way up to now, I guess, too, if you're still a candy guy, what is the worst candy you ever got in your damn Halloween bucket? I'm enjoying it. That was quick. That was a quick-ass answer. you got to believe that. Wait, wait, what? Not even close. The, the worst nut? I'm enjoying it. Not a chocolate. It's just terrible. Hmm. Almond Joy is the worst by a mile. Almond Joy is pretty bad. I'm not an Almond Joy fan either. Uh, yeah, are, y- are y'all both just coconut haters? Oh, I, I definitely am. I'm a coconut hater. You know, for real. It's weird because coconut is one of those things where, like, you typically either hate it or love it. I love coconut. That's so it. Almond Joy is pretty darn nice to me. As a matter of fact, I just 
mm. raided my niece's candy bucket trying to find some almond joy. They didn't have any. Oh. I don't mind coconut taste. I don't like coconut texture. I don't like it at all. So, like, yeah. I, I, can, I can deal with coconut rum. I can deal with coconut in a smoothie or something like that. But coconut texture, I mm, can't do it. Uh, and, to be clear, and even in those situations, it's not, it's not a first choice by any stretch. Yeah. 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 I, I think the worst candy is, pro- for me, uh, is probably going to be like those real sticky Jolly Ranchers. Hmm. Okay. I just don't like them. Yeah. It, it, it's too much work for that little piece of sugar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. That is some work. Keep, keep them away from me. That is some work. Especially, especially if they're watermelon flavor. Like, yeah. I will throw this at you and you do not. Right. Uh, guys, I don't know what mine is. You know what? I'm going to have to go with Nick. Even though I think I was about to go with... Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, but it doesn't matter. I know I don't hate it much as I hate coconut and almond joy. It is really bad. So, yeah, I'm with Nick. That would be my worst also. I appreciate that, Nick. You saved me a lot of time on that debate. Uh, but, hey, yeah. No problem, brother. I'm good at them. Now, the food thing, I'm here for. <laughs> for certain. For certain. Uh, yeah, so, look. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. Uh, this has been a wow first eight weeks of the nfl season the nba season has gotten off to a good start uh the clips we'll see what they do with harden uh Wimbiana and the spurs you know they're getting more tv time now because of the young uh rookie seven foot something uh seven foot a lot and the spurs uh, you got you got Dame in Milwaukee and you know Giannis and Boston and just it's gonna be a good NBA season. I can't wait. The Warriors, a team that Terrence uh, is not really very sold on or very high on this year, they don't look so bad. The Warriors are looking pretty good right now. Now they hadn't played Phoenix yet or LA, but um, or Denver, but the Warriors they look pretty good at three and one. Who who is that? Phoenix. Phoenix did beat them. Oh, so they have played Phoenix. Yeah, first game. Sure did. That's the loss. That's their loss right there, the first game. Well, yeah. Okay, so they're 3-1. and one. They've won every game since then. The Nuggets are still unbeaten. The Mavericks look pretty good right now at 3-0. and oh. um, You know, just some t- – and Memphis doesn't look good at all. At least they're not getting any wins. Um, it's been some close games, but yeah, it's not looking good. And this is a team that usually plays pretty good without Ja. How I would have yeah, to really I, take a I good look the at issue them. There is Steven Adams. Steven Adams is out. Uh, Brandon Clark's still out too. They can usually impose on people in the defense. They can usually impose on people without Jaw. Yeah. Uh, Jaw being out makes them better defensively, but they don't have Dylan Brooks. They don't have Steven Adams. Uh, they're not the same. Dylan Brooks team replaced. Marcus Smart, I think, I think is, is a is a very good replacement for Dylan Brooks. So Dylan Brooks is a lot less. Marcus Smart is not as physical though. But yeah, he's a good replacement. Yeah, he's a, he's not quite as big. He's he's probably a couple inches smaller, a couple pounds lighter. Um, but he, he can he can do ninety percent of what Dylan Bush can do on defense. Um, so I, yeah. I don't I don't really you know and and then he can do he probably do a couple of things that Dylan Brooks can't do on defense in terms yeah, of the smaller guards. The lack of size from Stephen Adams. The lack of size from Stephen Adams is, is a problem. Yeah, we saw the show that Steph put on on Dylan Brooks the other night, so. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was disgusting. I, I know you saw it too. See, that was that was wild. Hmm. I did, and it made me happy. 
I, I don't listen. Listen, man, I, I, I don't want to hold us too long, but people like Dylan Brooks, I'm not a fan of. Agree. I'm not a fan of. It's a it's a fake tough guy mentality. Uh, it's full of antics, full of smoke and mirrors. Robin did it, but Robin was so good at basketball. Dylan Brooks is not a good basketball player. He just tries to intimidate, and it comes off as, "Oh, I'm a villain." No, you're just not good, and you're overcompensating. That's it. I'm not Absolutely, and it's always been that way. And I've said that before. I didn't. He was the worst Grizzly. I was like, I don't get it. Like, well, they need that. They need, no, they don't. They need him to put more points no, they up. Don't. They, they need him to be more productive. He cost them games. He did. It he cost did. Them games. He did. And I'm glad he's gone uh, because of that. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, he's in Houston right now. And Steph Curry made him look silly the other night. I know y'all saw that clip. Oh my God! And yeah. laugh, laughed at him and was just like, oh, this. It was that was that was very scary. So. Very good move on Halloween for Halloween. That was very scary for Dylan Brooks. And Steph is playing, man. He's playing his ass off. I was something I was going to tell you all, and I wanted to know what you all thought about it, man. I don't know if I got it or not. Um, but it was a NBA statement, and it was basically talking about the future of the NBA and where it's headed maybe. But damn it, damn it, damn it. Where is that at? Um... It's it's very interesting because I haven't looked at it like that, but they very well may be true. Man, but I'm not going to find it. I don't think I'm going to find it. But anyway, it was basically just saying that the NBA, as good as it is, can you believe or can you realize? have you realized that Kevin Durant is like 35, uh, Steph Curry is like 34, about to be 35, Westbrook 35, 36, uh, LeBron 38, Basically, they were just saying that Harden, however old he is, they were all in the mid-30s or headed to the mid-30s. And that's the way of saying that, hey, guys, what do you, where do you see the future of the NBA headed? Because some of the best players that we've had for quite some time now are on their way out. Uh, what, what say you guys as far as the NBA? Are you looking at it like that? Or do you think people like Spider, Donovan Mitchell, and, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name in um, – uh, Sacramento, uh, and some of those yeah, young. It's, 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 the, it's the next era of guys. Now it's now it's gonna be Luca and Giannis and Joker and Ja and Tatum and uh, De'Aaron Fox and. Uh, yeah, that's why I was going to say De'Aaron Fox. So can they hold it down? They'll hold it down. Uh, yeah, SGA. Um, I don't know. Um, listen, for so long, the NBA is has developed storylines around one guy. Hmm. Primarily. You know? Uh, now, it's different I in the 80s. Agree with Ma- that kind of- well, hold on. And, and, and it's different in the 80s. 80s was Magic Bird and Isaiah. So Jordan came along and did, you know, it was Jordan pretty much throughout the 90s for the most part. Uh, a whole lot of Kobe. And hmm. we made that transition very seamlessly into LeBron at some point. And we know the storylines behind him. I mean, they just went rampant. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't see that seamless transition to whoever the next, the next guy really is. Like, we don't know who the next guy really is. I wanted to be honest, but I, to me, he's just not like last year they lost in the first round. And I know I know he got hurt, but he came back and they still lost. Uh, now, maybe this year him and Dan will secure a championship and we'll – Solid, solidly have that guy, but if LeBron James retired today, 
And LeBron is not the best player in the league right now. I still say it's Giannis. Either Giannis or Luka. Uh, but not I don't Joker? think those guys... I'm sorry? Not Joker? Or Joker, yeah, or Joker. Okay. Uh, and, those guys, and those guys are all international. This is my point. Mm-hmm. It might be a situation, guys, where it's like the WWE. Jarvis, you know what I'm referring to, where you see them doing much more stuff now internationally because it brings in more money. They're going to be very safe financially. They'll make more money in the next 10 years, 20 years than they've ever made because they've got stars from all over the world uh, that are their biggest stars. Mm-hmm. Domestically, they might they might suffer because you know at some point if those guys don't look like us, talk like us, sound like us, <laughs> we lose interest. And that's what I'm afraid of. Mm. That is interesting. I, I was Very interesting. interesting because um, that what I was going to kind of disagree with you on when you said it's kind of always been around one guy. There always is the one guy, but then there's also the collection of guys that are either kind of right with them or right behind them. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Like, you yeah, know, you gotta have those, those guys to. You gotta have those guys to, to make the storylines more interesting. You know, right? Hey, there was a time where we really believed you would 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 beat Jordan in the playoff series. It never happened, but we believed it. You know, right. but you guys, the Barclays, the Ewans, uh, even even Kobe had Iverson to bounce off of McGrady. You know, there's always more guys. Shaq, uh, of course, who he played with, and Tim Duncan, and Chris Webber. Right, absolutely, um, absolutely. So, yeah, there's, there's always those, those guys. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I would land with it. We, we definitely see the next era of the NBA superstars, but we it, it's very unclear who who's next, who's going to be the next generation, the guy. You know, we look back like now, you know, of course, we have the – the uh, the Jordan, the Magic, we have Magic and Bird. They kind of get, you know, they have Green. You have Magic and Bird kind of get theirs together. Then you have Jordan. Then you have Kobe. Then you have LeBron. So that next guy is it Giannis? Uh, is it does uh, does he get over his? Does this other guy get over his off the court issues and his injuries and, uh, and Zion? I, 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 I think that. the real issue. I think the real issue is that Giannis doesn't care about the fame. He doesn't care about being the guy. He wants to win as bad as anybody does. He just—he's got a different upbringing. That dude is—he just wants Ooh. to win. He doesn't care about all that other crap. Here, here's my question. I admire it. Who, here's my question: Who is the American player that is most likely to take that that mantle? Well, it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be Zion, and if he stays healthy, it probably still would be him. But that remains to be seen because I just don't know if the brother's going to play 65 games in one season ever. I don't know. But it's supposed to be him. It's supposed to be him. Uh, if it's not him, American, an American that's young, it's man. It's hard to find that guy. Is it, could, could it still be Jason Tatum? I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. It could be. It could be, but I'm going to say no. Is it what, 26, 27? And yeah, he's the one that's playing for the biggest franchise, right? He's the one that's on right. the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, but the Celtics. He wants to play for the Lakers, but he's the one that's playing for the Celtics, right? He might be the only answer. The NBA might not be in no great shape then. That may be the reason for that, and that's why I brought it up because it's like, eh, these guys are on their way out. Can these young guys that nickname can they hold it down? SGA is good, but SGA yeah. is in OKC. Uh, that's why I was just so I was so disturbed when. The Aaron Fox is good, but he's in Sacramento. That was saying that the NBA isn't the World Championship. I just like the top ten superstars in the league are from different places in the world. 
Of course it's the world championship. Yeah. Basketball players really were um, upset about those comments too. But, uh, yeah, um, I got no opinion on it other than just uh, the NBA is back and uh, we'll see if these young guys can, you know, hold the fort down or, you know, like feel the shoes of the LeBrons and the Stiffs and all of them. I got one more question for you all and we're going to get up out of here. And the reason why I ask is because we didn't really get to shed any light on Terrence's Ravens. It wasn't a easy win in Arizona, but they got the win nonetheless. Uh, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, they're doing what we thought that they were supposed to have been doing anyway before they had those few hiccups earlier on in the yep. year. Now they're winning again. They will lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to, but they always will beat teams that is like, eh, I don't know. I didn't know if they were going to win that game or not, and then they do. So the Dolphins got back into the win column. They're kind of getting their thing back going again, but they haven't beaten any team, I think, over 500 yet or a team that was a playoff team last year. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt or whatever, if you will. And then the Chiefs, they lost to the Broncos. Like, what the hell? And, yes, Patrick Mahomes has flu symptoms, but so did Michael Jordan in 98, 97. And, you know, so, hey, what, what the hell? I guess everybody can't be the GOAT, huh? What I'm trying to say, guys, or what I'm trying to ask you is, who's the best team in the AFC, like, for real, for real, right now? I think I think as much as I would like to agree because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl against my Niners. No, they hadn't beat a good team yet, though. You know, I would. And they beat Belichick twice already. But and I'm not trying to. And Jarvis, you know this. uh, We've been doing this a long time now. You know, I don't really do a lot of bragging. Um, But I, I, I still think that they can be better. Right, like I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as what they could be. Um, right, especially moving the ball through the air, but they're getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go with them. Uh, listen, I'm still going to say Kansas City until I know they lost to Denver. Denver's a uh, that's a that's a division game. It happens. It was about time yeah. it happened. They had, they had they they beaten Denver like 17 straight times. So it was about it time. happens. But 16. But, but, but yeah. having that guy. Mm. Um, having that guy as a quarterback with a good defense, not great receivers, but having that guy to me still makes you the best team, especially when your record is just as good as anybody else's. Hey man, it takes a very uh, proud man, uh, uh, a, a humble man, to 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 do what you just did, Terrence. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, I would have said my team. Uh, and it and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have even been so biased in my opinion because the Chiefs just came off a loss. The Dolphins hadn't really beat anybody significantly yet that you would take serious. The uh, who, who else is the Buffalo Bills have been inconsistent. I mean, and I know you're not going to say it's the Jaguars, even though they're on a f- four or five game winning streak. But like, it's uh, still the how se- I, would, I would put in front of Baltimore. Baltimore, let's be honest, they should be seven and zero. Was it seven and zero? Was it eight and zero? Eight and zero. Yeah, very well could be. And that's why. Yeah, and that's why I'm surprised you didn't say your team. But I understand the the Chiefs are good and they are doing. They're doing what they they doing what they do. Yeah, with less. Be better. I I still say they could be better. Oh yeah. They gotta get more production out of the wide receiver wide receiver position because this puts them in the same position they've always been in. 
is Lamar and Mark Andrews in the run game. Uh, and if that fails, then then what do we have? So, hey, Beckham. Sounds I, like the 49ers. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Bateman, I don't know what he's doing. I, I expected these guys to take off and be better. Zay Flowers has been playing okay. Uh, Isaiah Likely, I haven't seen. I, I, I don't even know if he's out there. I expected all these guys to be playmakers. And I, I, if you told me that Nelson Aguilar would be the only receiver to catch a touchdown, I would have called you crazy. Is that yeah, true? That Is that really true? Well, I think I think Flowers and Aguilar are the only receivers that have touchdowns this year. I, I never checked that to be sure, but mm. uh, the rest of them are Mark Andrews, Lamar in the run game. Wow. I could be wrong, but I think that's true. So my point is they can get a lot better. Got you. Got you. Nick, who you got? Who's the best team in the AFC? Yeah, it's either the Dolphins or the Ravens. Uh, I, I kind of get your point. The Dolphins haven't really beat – they haven't beaten a great team yet. I think they may have beaten a couple of decent teams. Um, I guess Dolphins still for now. Uh, Ravens kind of pending. Kansas City is always uh, going to be in the conversation. But for right now, I, I'll stick with the Dolphins. Um, they're, they're the team that I think is the scariest team that uh, on any given Sunday can walk in and, and blow you right off, off the field. Yeah. That kind of firepower is always dangerous. Right. Well, I... Bengals are dressed up as well. Bengals are right there as well. Yeah, the Bengals, I was just about to say the Bengals right now, and I know they're just, they just won their fourth game. But they beat the Niners, and the Niners are still a good football team, and they beat them pretty good. In my opinion, like, it was 31-17. People don't realize it could have been a little bit worse than that. So, like, the Bengals may be the best team in the AFC right now. But if it's not the Bengals, it's the Ravens. Because the Ravens, you saw what they did to the Bengals earlier in the year. As of now, it's one of those two, in my opinion. And that's not the AFC North. But what I am more impressed with is the fact that Terrence said Kansas City. Nick said maybe Miami or Baltimore. I'm saying Cincinnati or Baltimore. That means it's wide open in the AFC. As good as as good as the conference is, as good as the Chiefs have been in the past, though, nobody really knows. I mean, we think we know. Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, they're going to be right there when it's all said and done. But again, the fact that we just can't just like stamp that and say, hey, put it in concrete, it's the Chiefs, that says a lot. That means that the Dolphins, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens do have a chance to go in the arrowhead and catch the lion asleep, you know, poke the bear. Maybe get the lions on an off day, a bad day. Uh, the receivers, they need help. And I'm glad. And the good thing is they didn't get that help. That's what makes the AFC so much more competitive and important. And I just can't wait to see. I think it's kind of up for grabs for anybody. That's why I wanted to bring it up because, yeah, the Chiefs are getting their wins. But um, Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense, it is. Still just doesn't look so. I'm going to say this. When Eric B. Enemy was in Kansas City, people would not give him the credit that I thought he deserved. Like, well, because Andy Reid, though, he's still doing this and he's still doing that. Eric B. Enemy is gone. Kansas City offense ain't looking that good. Uh, has anybody thought about that? We'll come to it a little later. A debate for another day. But, you know, the, the Washington Commanders are in a lot of these games offensively because of the enemy, and he's slinging it, and he's still dialing the plays up even with a Sam Howell at quarterback. And I'm looking at Andy Reid over here, who was responsible for some of the things that they did and how great they looked. 
Notice the enemy being gone, you don't see all of that anymore. Yeah, they still got some bad boys like Reed and Kelsey and Mahomes, but let's not act like the enemy won an MVP in that circle. Also, we'll we'll see how that continues to go though. But uh, I, maybe and hopefully he'll be the next head coach of the Commanders because Ron Rivera is probably gonna hang it up after this, or they're gonna fire him. I mean, they're just and and again, Sweat and uh, Sweat and Chase Young. That trade was enforced by by the the, the top people, like the, uh, the the new owners. They pretty much stepped Magic in. Johnson. Magic Johnson and them. Yeah, Magic Johnson and them. Yeah. Who's now a billionaire? Congrats, Magic. I did see that. Congrats to Magic. Congrats to Magic. I don't actually got surprised. I don't know why. I, I thought he was a billionaire already for some reason. That's why I paused for a second because I was like to myself, he wasn't already. But okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was as well, but yeah, but yeah, those those are the people that really was like, hey, it's time to move on from what Snyder and his people did, and yeah, they had a lot to do with them stepping in, saying both of them are gonna get moved today. So uh, again, we didn't talk about the Bears getting Montez Sweat, but it's a pretty good move. People think it's um, and nobody's paying attention to it because it's the Bears, but for next year. If they decide to keep Montez Sweat, they can definitely afford to pay him. You've added Sweat now on the edge, and you still kept Jalen Johnson at corner. You have to pay him, of course, but maybe that defense will be a little bit more improved next year. And if they have something in this backup quarterback, maybe the Bears will have something going on next year. Hopefully a new head coach. They'll go offensive. Uh, They'll go on the offensive side, maybe. I don't know. Justin Fields, we hadn't saw him in a while. And um, I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it looks like that's over for Justin Fields in Chicago. I, I, I know we got to go, but I got I got to say this before we get out of here. Okay. Uh, I was so offended watching that game Sunday night. And, and listen, I, I like Chris Collinsworth. I think he's a very underrated uh, analyst, commentator, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but he said something so dumb in that game. What he said was... <laughs> Uh, he hopes that he, he said he thinks that the Bears coaching staff is going to tell Fields that he should be studying was it Bajan? Is that his name? I think Bajan. Yep. Bajan. Uh, yeah, they were down like a lot. Bajan was not playing great. Uh, he gave them no chance to win that game. And the notion that Fields should be studying him was just absolutely atrocious. I was offended. If Fields heard that and wasn't offended, I'm offended for it. And I know Fields hasn't played great, but Fields' problem has been more so turnovers than so being able to operate within the offense. And I was offended. I missed missed that, but I don't even think I watched that game. And that's all he was doing. I, I missed it. Wow. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna like my response to this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. No, no, no. That's that's why we. That's why it's the debate show. So let me hear it. That's right. <laughs> I because I, I remember hearing Chris Collinsworth say that, and I understood. I feel like anyway, the spirit in which he said it, and the spirit in which he said it, he was not actually wrong, because at the time, the the thing he was pointing to was the fact that Tyson Bajan was making quick decisions with the ball and getting it out to somebody. So, and the thing that happens with Justin Fields that concerns a lot of people is that he will hold the ball too long. 
Sometimes the play, sometimes the play isn't fair. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you know the guys on defense get paid to play the game too. Sometimes the, the, nobody's open. Get rid of the ball. Yeah, you know. Here, here, here's my issue, though, Nick. Here, here's my issue. All right, you got two sides of the coin. You got one person that holds the ball too long, they lose games. You got one player that gets rid of the ball quickly, allegedly, they lose games. Maybe it's the players that they're getting the ball to. No, agree. That, 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 to, to be clear, there's a number of problems with the Chicago Bears. And and the the, the quarterback, the starting quarterback, I'm not going to say it's the very least of them, but it certainly isn't the most of them, right? Um, that being said, that that is an element of it that's an issue from the quarterback position is that when Justin Fields does hold the ball too long, sometimes it takes too long to decide whether – He's going to get rid of it to somebody or run with it. Um, and so there was an element of rhythm to the offense, kind of at least kind of kind of early on in that game. Um, and I think that's when I remember Chris Collins actually making those comments. So I understand the spirit in which they come from, but like the idea that Tyson Bajan is the guy that, that Justin Fields needs to learn from um, is a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hear both of you. And I get both of your uh, sides of the story. I, it makes a lot of sense. I kind of agree with you both with the both of you. I'm not a big fan of Chris Collinworth. He's very annoying to me. I'm sorry. He's not one of the best in my in my book. I actually sometimes watch the games on mute before Mike Tirico uh, came back and took over. Because Al Michaels just puts me to sleep now these days. and But he's on Thursday night. I guess that's why I, I do get pretty good sleep on Thursday nights also. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I... He shouldn't have said that, probably, though. But, on Tuesday night, too, apparently. Right, on Tuesday night, too, man. Like, <laughs> man, long day. Long day, I don't think I can say. But I'm glad we were able to, you know, I rose like the Undertaker as you sent in that gift, that gift text or whatever that you sent. And I rose I rose up from the dead, and I'm back. And uh, we able, we were able to get this out. A very good episode, nonetheless. nonetheless. We, we broke down all the trades and what we thought was good. For the certain teams, for the teams that made those trades, and uh, talked a little NBA basketball, the Clippers, and how they look now. Adding, you know, PJ. It was interesting that they were able to get PJ Tucker too. I didn't know that they were going to get another kind of key player. I know PJ Tucker is getting up there, but he definitely helps. He coming off the bench or starting, he'll definitely help a little bit defensively, offensively. Just you know, he still looks like he's playing. He's giving it all he's got. One of the main reasons why we love Westbrook so much, and. Um, Harden just is not a good fit with the Clips in my book. He would, he probably would have fit better with the other team in L.A. before the Clippers, but I digress. Uh, yeah, but it's been a great one, guys. I don't have anything else. I'm well, we gonna get we gonna get up out of here. If there's anything you all want to, you know, add, please do before we roll out. That's all I got. Y'all be easy out there. All righty. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit that follow button so you can be notified when we come back with a new episode and a new debate that we're going to do on an episode by itself. And that is the NFL Top 25 Wide Receivers of All Time. And man, you think it's easy until you just sit down and listen, let it marinate, and then in your car riding or jogging or working out or working or whatever you're doing, you're going to be like, huh, Damn, this is harder than I thought. Me and Nick went through. It's spicy at the bottom of that list. 
It's real spicy at the bottom of that list, man. Me and Nick went. We 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 must have named thirty receivers, if not fifty, and it just was coming out the tongue so quick, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what what should we take him out? Should we bring him in? It's crazy. Twenty five wide receivers. Who's the top twenty five best of all time? And then I would say twenty to twenty five is real spicy, as Nick said. We're gonna come back with that. We're gonna have all our stuff together, and um, it's gonna be one hell of a debate. But that's all we're going to debate about on that episode because it's going to really take that long and that type of time. We should be done in 30 minutes or so, but can't wait to get to that. And um, we got more episodes coming where we're going to give you one in the middle of the week out of nowhere just off of something random like that. And it's going to be interesting to find out how many players we have from the past and how many that we'll have in the present. It'll be interesting. But, guys, that's it. Thank you all. It was a great one. We hope you all uh, enjoyed the show. And uh, share with your friends. Hit the follow button. And let everybody know that The Great Debate Show is one of the best and hottest uh, podcasts out there in the world right now. Debating the hottest topics in sports of yesterday and today. It's the good guys. Myself, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We out of here, guys. Week 9 in the NFL starts Thursday. Titans, Steelers. Who y'all got real quick? Steelers. Steelers. I changed my I changed my mind. Titans. There we go. Hey, I must have convinced them. I'm going Titans too. Pittsburgh's the favorite. Two and a half points. I'm taking I'm taking Steelers. Yep. I got Will Levis. Tighten up. <laughs> We're out of here, guys. Peace out. Yeah. Peace out, y'all.